Jama Jabot from the Gothic Quarter. This is the Rorschach, Georgia update. On the 3rd of November, 2022, quick summary of what's going down in Georgia. Georgian public, at least, desperately wants EU candidate status. On Friday, the 28th, Shalva Papuashvili, chairman of parliament, talked to Pavel Herzinski, the ambassador of the European Union to Georgia, to discuss the implementation of the EU's 12 recommendations and the progress Georgia has made in this direction so far. Herzinski said diplomatically that all actors, including the government, the opposition, and society should work together to get candidate status. Not clear if the ruling party understood what they were being told. On the topic of the opposition, looks like its leaders have started working on joining forces for the upcoming parliamentary election that will take place in 2024. The National Movement, or Natsebi, still skeptical about this plan. However, strategy builder or strategy Agma Shenabeli, more freedom, or Girchi, or the Pinecones, and Droa seem to be on the same page. The three parties are considering making up a joint list. Not a bad idea, considering their somewhat microscopic support. A list which will be made according to the voters' will. The primaries will determine the order in which the candidates will appear on the party list and therefore ballots. On Monday the 31st, the founders of these three parties shared a list of questions for the government to answer regarding the EU's 12 recommendations. The questions were sarcastic and unhelpful. For example, the founders of the parties asked, quote, why do you think there are idiots sitting in Brussels who you can feed lies to? End quote. So, does the Georgian government have any interest in getting EU candidacy? On Monday the 31st, Henri Orkanashvili, an MP, Georgian Dream, or Utsneba, and chair of the Legal Affairs Committee, presented an anti-corruption agency package law in Parliament. Critics called out Otsneba's fast-tracked draft law to create an independent anti-corruption agency, saying that it would serve the ruling party's interests and wasn't independent. On Tuesday the 1st, the Georgian Chapter of Transparency International, or TI, released a statement regarding the creation of the Anti-Corruption Bureau. As the non-governmental organization explained, the proposed reform did not follow the fourth recommendation issued by the European Commission, which asked the country to, quote, strengthen the independence of the anti-corruption agency, bringing together all key anti-corruption functions, end quote. In addition, TI clarified the planned reform did not include either bringing together key anti-corruption functions or a guarantee of real independence. The draft law also did not intend to fight against higher-level corruption. Since this might deprive the country of obtaining candidate status, TI called Parliament and ruling team to revise the approach they had chosen regarding recommendation number four. On Wednesday the 2nd, in a meeting, Prime Minister Irakli Kharabashvili and Tamar Tatiashvili, the newly appointed representative of the country to the Council of Europe, also talked about Georgia's EU integration process. Tatiashvili previously served as the head of the administration of the Ministry of Internal Affairs and also worked as a delegate of the American Bar Association. On Thursday the 27th, the Prime Minister also had a chat with his Hungarian counterpart, Viktor Orban, close friend of Donald Trump and the most despised head of state in the European Union. They signed a declaration on the two countries' strategic partnership. Kharibashvili expressed his great respect for Orban in what was an obvious signal to Brussels. Moving on, digital learning platform for convicts and penitentiary institutions called Digital University launched on Saturday the 29th. 
platform allows convicted students to receive a higher education by attending lectures online. Platform, which includes undergraduate and master's degrees from authorized universities, has been implemented in cooperation with the Ministry of Education and Science. In the initial stage, the project was launched penitentiary institution number 16, where the Justice Minister Rati Bregadze and the Education Minister Mikhail Chudneli got acquainted with the training process while also visiting professional employment and vocational training spaces for convicts. In other news, Kutaisi Airport resumed flights on Monday the 31st after a two-week renovation. The airport's been closed since the 10th of October due to construction of a new three-kilometer runway, which will allow the airport to receive larger aircrafts and make operations more flexible. In an unrelated note, on Monday the 31st, the National Statistics Office of Georgia published the average monthly nominal earnings of employees by occupation 2021. According to the document, men's average earnings were higher than women's in all occupations. In management positions, women earned an average of almost 1,900 lari, around $700 per month, while men got about 2,800, around $1,000 per month. The highest gender pay gap was observed in elementary occupations, where women's earnings were around 53% lower than men's. Check out the full report. Link in the show notes. 2022 marks the 30th anniversary of the establishment of diplomatic relations between Japan and Georgia. In this commemorative year, the Embassy of Japan and the Business Association of Georgia held a Japanese business forum on Tuesday. The first in Tbilisi, the Japan Business Forum, gathered government officials, business representatives from Georgia, Japan, and Azerbaijan. Speakers and participants discussed sustainability, sustainable business environment, potential for a middle corridor, and energy and climate challenges. Now, some updates on the Nika Gvaramia case. The founder of Tkvari TV was found guilty by the Tbilisi Court of Appeals on Wednesday the 2nd. Accordingly, his sentence didn't change. So he will have to face three and a half years in prison. Two years ago, Nika Gvaramia was accused of embezzlement of a large amount of property rights belonging to Rustaviori, of commercial bribery, forging documents, money laundering, and abuse of official authority. All of this was in order for Otsneba to take control of Rustaviori, just as Misha took control of Imedi in 2007. Opposition leaders commented on the verdict, claiming it was just a demonstration of power coming from the ruling party. Mamuka Khazaradze from Try for Georgia, or Lelo, wrote on Facebook that the only way to balance out Gvaramia's injustice was to get the businessman a presidential pardon. Speaking of justice, did you know that the Ministry of Justice is the only institution in Georgia that has a kindergarten in its office building? The ministry is trying to make the lives of staff members easier by partly funding tuition and offering high-quality daycare. This kindergarten was opened a month ago. So far, children and parents seem quite happy. Now, let's see what's going on with the Russian occupation of Georgian territory. Sergei Lavrov, Minister of Foreign Affairs of Russia, met with the de facto Prime Minister of Foreign Affairs of South Ossetia on Tuesday the 1st. Lavrov thanked the partner for a balanced and objective position regarding the what he calls hilariously the special military operation, aka Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Therefore, he promised that Russia would actively help South Ossetia with the implementation of a socioeconomic development program. Lavrov also said that Russian military bases would reliably ensure the security of the Republic of South Ossetia. 
Meanwhile, four Georgian citizens were illegally detained by Russian occupation forces. According to state security services, citizens were detained near the village of Mjevrishevi in Gori municipality on Tuesday the 1st. One Georgian citizen was detained on Wednesday when he was on his way to the region of Abkhazia on Wednesday the 2nd. International partners and co-chairs of international discussions in Geneva were informed about the incident. Also on Wednesday the 2nd, Koba Gvenetadze, governor of the National Bank of Georgia, said that the inflation rate will begin to decrease noticeably starting in February. He added positive trends observed international commodities market could serve as preconditions and driving factors for a future drop in inflation, adding they would gradually be transmitted to the local market. September, Georgia's consumer price index increased by almost 1% compared to the previous month, while the annual inflation rate amounted to 11.5%, according to the National Statistics Office. Close this edition, an impressive collection of books was presented to the public on Wednesday the 2nd at an artistic event called The Power of Words, organized by the civil society organization Caucasian Mosaic, with support from the UK and the United Nations Development Program. Set of publications included anthologies of Georgian and Ossetian poetry with over 380 poems translated into both languages, illustrated Georgian Ossetian and Ossetian Georgian dictionaries for children, more than 300 words, and a research paper on the role of women in Caucasus folklore. And that's it for this week. A couple of weeks ago, we mentioned we we're starting some special conversations that we're going to send out to everybody interviews, but less interviewee, to talk about stuff going on in Georgia. If there's anything you want to hear about, any particular sector or topic, or people you'd like us to talk to, let us know at georgia at rorschach.com. Ach, Andis. Ach, Andis.